This is a free download from Delance Eden Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delance Eden Church building at LeBanks, St. Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelan.co.uk. Well, it's good to be back. Nice to be here. Do you know the first time I spoke here in this church was Boxing Day of 1993. Who remembers that? Andy remembers it. That's fantastic. And you've come back today. That's incredible. But good to see you. It's nice to be here at Christmas, Christmas Day. I'm not going to speak for ages, 10, 15 minutes at the very, very most. I've slowed down an awful lot. I was recently in America, and they couldn't understand a single word I said, so I had to slow down an awful lot. Um, so it's great to be back, and it's actually Ashley's first Christmas in Guernsey. Where is she? Has she gone somewhere? Well, they're gone. I don't know where they are. They, they know what I speak like. They know how boring I am. One year, Father Christmas wrote a letter back to a young woman who had repeatedly sent him a letter every year right from when she was a small girl. The letter always had such a selfishly long list of requests on it, just showing what a self-centered person she really was. Father Christmas told her that she had to, for once, ask for something for a mother, i.e. to think of someone else for a change. So she phoned Father Christmas back and said, OK, this year I've thought about this and I know the perfect gift that I would like to get my mother. I'm thinking about her for a change, not for me. I want you to think of her, not me. Just get her this perfect present. And Father Christmas said, okay, what would you like to get her? So she said, I want you to get her a rich, handsome son-in-law. By the way, this is what Joan Carey um, prayed for many, many years ago. As you can see, it hasn't happened. (laughs) Some people have strange gifts for Christmas. Um, One year, I uh, wrote a letter to Santa to say, I would like a gun, a bow and arrow, a sword, a shield, soldiers, and boxing gloves. And it arrived all wrapped up in a paper that said, Peace on earth and goodwill to all men. (laughs) And there's no more jokes. I want to read just a few um, verses from Scripture first. Uh, If you haven't got the Bible with you, don't worry. Um, Luke 2, 8 to 18. I'm using a really weird version called the English Standard Version. Um, So I'll read it out. I I won't read all those verses. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this amazing thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They went with haste, found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And I'll leave that there. Um, Have you ever thought what would happen if the characters in the nativity had been different? Can you imagine if it was three wise women instead of three wise men? If it was three wise women instead of three wise men, they'd have asked for directions, arrived on time, helped deliver the baby, cleaned the stable, made a casserole, and brought disposable nappies, pseudocrem, and Farley's rusks as gifts. Because they would have actually done some good. 
But the shepherds announced that Jesus was a gift to the world. And I believe, I think Pastor John told me that in this church you've been going through a series called The Gift. That the um, birth of Jesus was 2,000 and X years ago, a gift to the world. I wanted a, a, a toy baby today, but all we can find is a teddy and that would do. But in a sense, um, the nativity, the birth of Jesus was a gift to the world. And quite often, some of you can probably remember getting gifts many, many years ago, which you played with for a while, and then maybe after a while you discarded and, and left aside. Um, I remember Christmas of 1978 getting a rally three-speed racer. Who remembers rally racers with the Sturmey Archer three-speed gears? Who remembers those? Some of you remember them, and some of you are not admitting your age. But I had that, but after a while, it fell apart. I got bored with it, and um, other people got other bikes, and, and I got other presents, and I kind of left it. And I remember a few years later getting it out of the shed, putting it together with the help of a friend and sort of enjoying it again um, as, as a gift. Um, many, many years later, I also got another gift at Christmas. I was walking through Derby Marketplace in the middle of the 80s when I was about 19 years old and there was a group of really weird religious people on the streets singing with guitars. You know, that was the... Who remembers in the 80s when people used to preach on the streets? And in the middle of Derby on a Saturday night, there was a man in a white suit who used to preach on the streets. And there was a gathering of people, and I went along, and this guy started talking to me about the Christian faith, um, about this particular gift that was given many, many years ago to mankind. And he described to me what it was. And, of course, this guy explained the gospel, and I would appreciate that most of you here know what that is, and I'll touch on that in just a few moments again. But it was a gift that I was given quite often, Many of us can look back up to that moment where we were first, I suppose, where we first fell in love with Jesus, where we understood Christianity, where we read that little journey into life book or whatever it was, and where we became a Christian. But is it possible that we have then taken that gift and done the same thing that I did with that bike and, and throw it away and think, that's not important for now. Maybe I'll pick it up again next year or at some point in the future. I've been guilty of doing that sometimes. We can all do that in small ways, can't we? Um, I w- I've recently went to a, mer- a, concert, uh, a conference in America at a place called Ephesus, right in the middle of Pennsylvania, not far from Philadelphia. And uh, it was a massive church, about 2,000 strong. The youth group was 200 people. And what absolutely astonished me about that place was they've had a prayer meeting going on, run by young people, since 2008, solid round the clock, 24-7. Morning, noon, and night, since 2008. You you hear about things like that and you think, what? That's incredible. And in the particular church, they've got several youth bands actually running the worship. And a lot of the worship there is Bethel worship, which I like. I like all kinds of worship, but I think what God's doing in Bethel in Northern California at the moment is incredible. That uh, worship's really anointed. And a lot of that was really um, really good worship. And I was standing there with this guy from Romsey next to me and something amazing happened. There was a woman... I'll say a woman, she's a girl about 16 years old, leading worship on the keyboard. So we're there watching this, and she's leading worship, and it's great. And Pete, this is the guy from Roms, he said, Dave, look at that woman's face. And this girl, who was 16, was completely and totally in love with Jesus. Tears down her face. I'm talking about the type of look that you would see on Mrs. Martell when she was worshipping God. Remember her? I used to look at Mrs. Martell years ago and think, I want what she's got. Yes, I've got the Christian faith. Yes, I understand it. But whatever it is that makes her like that, in my lifetime, I want to be like that at some point. 
I don't see that look on many people's faces. And I don't see it on my look, my face, very often. But occasionally you'll come across somebody every five years who's like Mrs. Martell, who always liked this girl in America. And I remember speaking to the guy I was staying with in Ephrata in Pennsylvania and saying, that girl there, why is she so in love with Jesus? He said, well, she loves the Lord so much. It's incredible. And I thought, I thought, I thought to myself, as a mature Christ, Christian, I've got to ask two questions. Number one, why? And number two, how? Because, okay, I, I, you know, I, I understand Christianity. I'm a Christian. But to be absolutely in love with Jesus like that, I thought, if it is possible for somebody to be so in love with Jesus that it shines on their face, I'm talking about... You know, it's almost like beyond first crush, the stuff you go through as teenagers. Real infatuation with Jesus, where it spills out, where everybody you meet absolutely knows, and where you want to be meeting with God's people. I thought, if it is possible to be like that, I want to be like that. And so that particular day, I walked home from church. And if you've ever been to America, you know that nobody walks anywhere. I said, I just want to walk home, because Ian lives in America, don't you? So he knows all about it. Um, and, you know, I was walking home, and everyone thought I was mad because I wanted to walk home, because everyone drives ev- everywhere. As I was walking home, I said, God, whatever it is that that girl on the stage um, has got, I want it. I don't care if you take me in ministry, out of ministry. I don't care if I live at the North Pole or wherever. Whatever you do with my life, make me like that. And I got home, and I thought, to, to the, I got to the place where I was staying, and I, I, I realized that God had done it there and then. I had the most amazing quiet time all night. And I just fell in love with Jesus all over again. I picked up that little gift of Christianity that I'd not thrown away, but maybe I'd put it aside and left it aside and not thought too much about it since. I want to read something very quickly to you. I'm not going to, it's not serious today. This is not condemning. This is encouraging. There's um, an orphanage in the middle, uh, in Tibet, um, uh, where the most amazing revival has been going. I just want to read this out to you very quickly. This is an, expert, an excerpt from a book called Beyond the Veil. I'm not going to sp- speak for too much longer. It talks about what God is doing among orphans in, in this particular orphanage. Our morning prayer meeting began at about half past seven. As usual, we all prayed at the same time, and each went out when he pleased. Upon returning at 12 o'clock, I heard someone praying in the prayer room. Going in to see who it was, I found our quietest and most timid boy, a boy of about eight years' age, hidden behind the organ, praying in a loud voice and weeping as he confessed his sins to the Lord. He'd been praying continuously since the morning service without stopping for breakfast. As I came out to the prayer, prayer room for the boys came out from their school, they were then to go to the garden or to the other kinds of industrial work for the rest of the day. Some of them wanted to know if they could stay to pray. Why? Prayer's boring, isn't it? Come on. Having been told that those who wished to might, might remain and pray, a few went to work and all the others went into the prayer room and began praying. Almost at once, there was a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This outpouring was so continuous. For over a week, no more attempts were made to do regular work. We did only necessary things. Everyone spent the rest of the time taking in the great blessings from God and sitting in the presence of God. I think, you know, sometimes um, I read things like that and I have to come away and think, if there are people in this world who are so in love with God, I want to be like that. I want to, and I'm looking particularly for me at 2016. And I'm thinking, God, whether I've got it right this year or made a mess of it, I want to be somebody who is so in love with you in 2016. I want to pick that gift up again. Very briefly, Romans 3, 22 to 24 says this. 
This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ. To all who believe, there's no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. You might be here today and you might think, what are all these religious maniacs doing? You know, I could be at home watching um, whatever, whatever's on TV these days. Who, who, who was it? Was, who was the guy on, um, on TV years ago? I'm trying to think. The guy used to do Swap Shop. What was his name? Noel Edmonds. He used to be on every Christmas day, didn't he? And you'd, you'd contact the troops and that. All these programs on Christmas Day. But I'm here at church. And you might think, you might think what is it that makes these people sing carols and, and sort of dance around on the stage? I want to say to you today, very simply, there is a God who loves you. Um, his son Jesus Christ died on the cross. He made a way for you to come back to him. And, and, he, and, he, and he offers you salvation. That if you would turn and ask him to be your saviour and follow him, he would forgive you for everything. You know, the most amazing thing about this gift of salvation that we were given many years ago is that the grace of God is incredible. There is nothing, anyone in this room, I don't care if you come to church every week or if you come once in ten years, there's no good or bad in God's eyes. There's nothing you need to be guilty about in the presence of God. God forgives you. And at any, any moment, we can step right back in and say, God, I'm, I'm absolutely rubbish at Christianity. I don't like praying. I don't understand the Bible. But I just want to come back again and grab hold of you. And God would always say, of course you can. I want to just encourage you today um, that when you go home and when you have some amazing cooking and you eat your own body weight in Quality Street between now and midnight, as opposed, as I'd imagine most of you would, and you look at the Queen's speech again and do all the things that you'd do and play Guernseyopoly or whatever else you're going to play. I think that's what we're going to play later on. Um, but have a little thought about the Christian faith. Don't feel guilty about any ways in which you've let God down. Don't come in here and think, oh, they're all amazing Christians. I feel intimidated. I feel intimidated sometimes when I go into church when I preach. Because, I mean, there's probably people in this room who know more about the Bible than me um, and are better worshippers than me. But I will just leave you with one thought today. Don't discard the gift of, 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 of salvation that we were given. Don't drop it on the floor and leave it. But consider how, in the remaining days of this year and in 2016, you could pick up that gift again and, and think, yeah, God, I want to have another crack at this. I want to put you first in my life. I just want to pray and then I'll hand back over to Pastor John or the worship team. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for the fact that we're all here and we're, we're happy and we're healthy. And there's so many people who live in different parts of the world who have come back today and people at university and people like me and Jackie and Ashley who live in, in the UK. And it's great to be back. It's lovely. It's just absolutely lovely to be here today. There's no better place to be um, than Guernsey at Christmas. I really feel that. And being in this church is just a privilege today. But I pray, Lord, that as we enjoy our time together and as we go home and have our Christmas meal, that we will not forget that wonderful gift of salvation that you gave us 2,000 years ago. And I pray that all of us, with your strength and by the help of your spirit, can embrace it once again um, to, to the extent that you want us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.